and welcome back to the show. Uh, this week we have Kimberly Shannon Murphy, who is uh, regarded by many as one of the very best in her field of stunts. Um, been a performer for many, many years and uh, is responsible for a number of extraordinary pieces of action, many of which we will talk about in our interview. Uh, she'll also talk about uh, a rather exciting project that's on the horizon, uh, which uh, you may find very interesting indeed. So please enjoy this and uh, welcome Kimberly Shannon Murphy. You started out uh, if I'm not mistaken, doing gymnastics, and then you you made a kind of transition to to um, uh, uh, what's it referred to acrobatics, I suppose, for live shows. Did you have a game plan in back then when you thought that was a, a natural move from one to the other? Was that was that ever a consideration with you? No, I was a actually a dancer as well as a gymnast. I danced with Ailey Alvin Ailey with their professional program for about okay. a year and then, um, and then got into anti-gravity, which was more of an acrobatic mm -hmm. performance company, much like Cirque du Soleil. And a lot of my friends were starting to get into stunts. And back then we were mailing everything. There was no internet. I mean, if it was, it was very early on. Um, <laughs> so we were, like, yeah. yeah. We <laughs> were physically mailing our headshots. And so my friends sort of encouraged me to send, my stuff to some coordinators in New York and I didn't really even know anything about the business or really understand it. But, um, about a week later, George Aguilar called me. Right. Um, and he still is, but at that time was kind of running New York. Um, so yeah, he was doing a movie, um, with Uma Thurman and needed a double. So that was my first job. <laughs> It's not a bad first job, is it? I mean, no. you, you hear about people having to work their backsides off on commercials and TV, and you get a phone call going, hey, you want to do a movie? Oh, okay, that's not bad. Yes, but I was um, pounding the pavement for a long time, just, oh, yeah. you know, doing performance stuff, and then I did do an Old Navy commercial. That was technically my first SAG job. Okay. Um, and then I had to audition for that film. So he brought me in, but I did a, probably a month of rehearsals so they could just kind of see how I moved and then uh, made the final decision about if I was going to get the job or not. <laughs> and of course, uh, well, that's that's obviously a, a, another tick in the box because on the basis of that, she said, yes, she's the one. So uh, one in the arm there, certainly. And, and of course, uh, is this my super ex-girlfriend? Is that is that how that's yes. Right, okay. Um, so that was the first job in 2006. Um, Four. 2004. Was it, not yeah. was it not released until a bit later? So you did your work in 2004. Yes. Um, George Aguilar, as you said, was the stunt coordinator. And um, it's there's a couple of... There's, there's a moment in that movie where Uma's character is, is, um, is hit by a car. Yes. And flung uh, across the road. Now, th that may be a combination of actions. Was Was there a what are we talking early days so maybe an air ram and then a maybe a, a a ratchet of some shape or form do you remember how that was created yes we did it in cuts we did the suburban driving in um <clears throat> on the streets of new york okay and kind of her on the street corner with it kind of coming behind her mm -hmm. and then we did the rest green screen i did a ratchet and then 
Oh, well, we did the, her, she goes into a table. We did that live on the street of New York, but the ratchet was um, done on green screen. Cause it was a, that car was way too big to do a car hit with. It, it was a, what was it? A, um, an estate car. You call it a station it, wagon, I suppose. It was a suburban, like a, yeah. Lots of it. I mean, it, it, it's interesting in that respect that I suppose from a public point of view, they see the moment and they see the character being hit by the car and then landing at point B. But what they don't realise, as you've just said there yourself, you said you did it in cuts. So you've yep. done it in smaller sections broken down along the way. We'll do this part first and then we'll do that part. And uh, all right, it, as people go, well, it's, it's a car hit, but that's a lot of work to put all of that together. And, and, and they don't maybe appreciate the amount of work that goes into that type of, of gag. Yes. We do it a lot better now, but um, in the sense of quicker and we have better ways that we do it um, now than then, I feel like. Well, certainly technology has moved on, hasn't it? And so you, yeah. you now have the, the ability to, those thoughts that you had back then, wouldn't it be great if you can actually yeah. do that now and, and make it much simpler? Um, you were based in, in New York for a number of years before moving out to LA. Again, was that something that, had to happen in order for the career to was this a, something you were thinking about if in order if in order for me to to move on here I'm going to have to try and see what the world's like out there on the coast I was thinking about it but um when I did I am legend we had a lot of LA guys come out um and it especially back then it was a very different caliber of stunt people New York and LA they just the jobs were so much more massive out in LA and if there was a big film happening in New York. They always brought in a LA coordinator. Okay. So um I did that movie with LA all LA guys and I learned a lot from them. And then when I started doubling Cameron Diaz, she kind of, you know, took me in as her double. And then I started just going with her, which is right. kind of what landed me in LA. And then I just never left pretty much. No, well, that's it. Again, it's on it's on reputation, isn't it? I suppose it's on it's on reputation, it's on experience, and also how well you get on with those individuals. You know, you uh, Uma obviously very keen on having you there, uh, and uh, Cameron in, in exactly the same situation. I suppose if all of those boxes are being ticked, then then it's uh, it would be ridiculous to go. Do you know, I'm just going to go back to New York now, and I'm going to carry on over there you stay put because that's you know that there's there's maybe that fluidity of work happening yes and also you know ultimately the highest point of any stunt person's career is doubling you know these massive actors yes. because you learn the most you do the most gags you learn how to you know part of our job is not just doing the stunts you know when you're paired with an actress who trusts you who's sure. you know a, a very famous person you learn how like a lot of other things that you have to do to take care of them to make sure they have everything they need it, it's more than just showing up on set and doing as we call nondescript stunt where you're just you know kind of there to do a ratchet or you're there you know just you're not you're not, not doing a whole yeah. yeah, you're not a main double, and it, and it makes a big difference in how you learn um, the business. Um, there are, and, and I urge people to, I will put a link 
um, in uh, in the bottom of this uh, video for for people who haven't seen um, Kimberly's work because there's a uh, a wonderful um, stunt reel that she's got some early bits and pieces although I think this one's up to about uh, 2019 2020 possibly this particular reel that I was looking at and um, there's a couple of really quite iconic moments in it I must admit there's a terrific couple of falls as well American Horror Story is one that's really does spring to mind um and again it looks like it's a wire and it's a combination of some wire stuff and some free falling um would you would you be able to kind of just talk us through some of that because again um it works now you look at it now all those years later and still go <gasps> there's a sharp intake of breath when you're looking at it because it really does stand the test of time how did that uh, that particular gag come about we did that was on a descender that was a, yeah. probably a 60 foot um fall and so they shot me doing it falling and then um descenders sort of stop you before you hit the ground so about 10 feet from the ground it sort of stops you right. and then we did a few shots of lily you know with the camera above her um just kind of falling probably 10 feet so they could get her face okay and then we shot, then we came downstairs and we shot the ground piece, which I kind of just hung out of frame, like above frame, probably six feet above frame, hanging flat. And then they just dropped me okay. to the ground. So then we get the, the impact piece. It's still, that's just marvelous. That really, really. <laughs> you, uh, and are there those moments when you you look back? Because obviously, you know, you'd have compiled all this bits and pieces, or you've you've had all the footage and stuff. You put it all together. And are there moments when you you go back and go, bloody hell, that was good. That really was good. Do you still have that moment where you think that's as good as it was on the day when you when you did it the first time? Yeah, I mean, I think there's. We always have those jobs that we really enjoy doing. That you know. Um, that we can be really proud of for mm. sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, you know, there's another, um, and I want to see if I got this right. Um, it is, and, and this is quite a clever one because, and you said yourself, it was quite complicated. Apparently it's a thing called a show. We didn't get it over here. Right. Uh, maybe it was a show or, or a movie, but I think it was a show called the Mick, which mm -hmm. we, didn't, we didn't get over here. Um, and I believe that you were doubling Caitlin Olson. Yeah. Um, as far as this is concerned. And it's a very, very interesting gag about diving into a swimming pool. And we've all yeah. seen it's a great comedic moment, which, you know, has has been done in the past in various shapes and forms. And in the old silent days, I believe Buster Keaton would have done it for real in those days. Obviously, there's health and safety prevails these days, but a remarkable sequence of getting in, diving into a pool and then just there's an impact and the legs are still up in the top of the <laughs> over the yeah. top of the water. Again, how does that cre get created to, to have that? It's because it's done for laughs, right? Yes. Um, we tried to do that because it was in a shallow pool. Right. It was probably four feet, maybe five. Um, we tried to do it off of a, a trampoline at first. Okay. So I was doing it off of a tramp and I was just kind of bracing my hands to hit the bottom to try to get, because they really wanted to get the feel, the idea in the, in the episode is that she smashes her face into, exactly. the, into the bottom of the pool. So they really wanted to get that feeling of seeing the legs, like really hit, you know, seeing the impact. Seeing the impact and then the movement of the, of the limbs as, as that. Impact right. The place. Right. 
Um, and the trampoline just wasn't doing that. It wasn't giving it much like enough aggressive movement. Okay. So um, we did it on wires and we did, um, we had like a end mark. So, you know, I kind of had to go in and they sort of set an end mark for me on the wire. So as soon as I dove, I could only go so far. Right. So when I dove in, it gave that like bounce back almost right. of it really selling that I hit the, you know, the bottom of the pool. Because uh, what I've, now I find fascinating, now you've explained it, is that originally you were just doing it as a free dive off yeah. the jump into mm -hmm. the water. And mm -hmm. when, when, when obviously people are watching that footage as we're speaking now, when they look at that, they notice the amount of air that you've got from the tramp to then get into that position of mm -hmm. almost being upright to then brace the idea yeah. in your mind that you could brace the floor uh, of the pool with your hands is a remarkable mm -hmm. thing to do. Uh, logically, now you go, it's got to be a wire gag, surely. And then, of course, to move on to the wire gag after that, I think we, we can do this, guys. We can do it. Yeah, um, and I know a lot of a lot, a lot of water up my nose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. That must have been how. How many times did you have to do that? You're going to tell me like 400 now. <laughs> no, I mean we rehearsed it a lot, so probably all in all, I probably did it like 30 times. Okay, that's yeah. that's still a lot, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's a lot of pool chlorine water. Yeah, uh, for one day. But again, you know, these are the things that that maybe people don't appreciate when they look at these type of gags the amount of things that you've had to put into doing it um and uh there's there's also you know uh, many films that that our viewers and, and, and listeners will be familiar with that you've worked on spider-man 3 uh back doubling uma on that i think called uh, the life before her eyes mm -hmm. um and accidental husband cameron diaz doubling on on what happens in vegas there's a, what what does it take to be a good double i mean how much homework do you as a performer have to do in order to not only double the character but double the actor portraying that role um well i think especially when you get comfortable with an actress especially cameron and i and caitlin and i as well we you know we move very similarly you have okay. to kind of watch how they move you know like if she's you know any of my actresses, I'm always watching them on the monitors to see what they're doing up until the stunt happens. Yeah. Because you kind of have to replicate their movement, you know, because we always lay it over. So if they're running and then they fall, they do the run and I do the fall. Yep. But I have to then do their run as well because there has to be that a little bit of a lap over. So you have to get really good at um if you want it to sell really well to really watch them and, and their body mechanics and how they move so that you can look like them and it doesn't look like it's somebody else doing it. No, exactly. And are there those occasions when, when the actress says to you, what, what, what's that thing you're doing? Because you've, you've spotted something that they're unaware of and you go, no, I, I'm just doing that thing that you do. And you go, I, that, I do that thing. Really? Is there a sort of self-conscious thing that suddenly happens automatically? That's never happened to me yet. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I've spoken to a few people who said, you know, I've started doing this thing and the actors come over and go, what, 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 what are you doing with your arm? What, yeah. what you, what's that thing you're doing? Well, I, you do it. I do it? Oh, my God. When did I start doing that? I said, I don't know. I just picked it up as you went along, you know. That's well, so funny. That's how, that's how these things, they, they sort of, you know, like a sponge. You become a sponge because you start soaking up everything that they're doing yeah. to try and, as you say, mm -hmm. get to that point where 
they are then the character doing the thing and you have to take over. Uh, it's exactly. fascinating on some of those bits and pieces, I must say. Um, uh, we touched on Cameron Diaz there. And of course, we, we really should talk about the, 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 the one thing that, that is particularly important, I think, from you and from Cameron's point of view, which is night and day, because mm -hmm. that type of that type of movie allowed you to um, to do. And I've watched it quite recently again. And there's a great deal of stuff that you're doing in camera, you know, and you're having to, to, to do the physical movements on top there. Um, and of course, most importantly, you got to work with with Casey. Uh, yes. on this picture as well um were you were you uh were you an item then were you were you is this before you you uh you became husband and wife how, was that how did that happen we met on that film you met on that movie see there who says nothing comes out so look at yes. this isn't this really it's all oh it's wonderful it's champagne and roses so you get yes. to work you know uh uh and of course this is maybe a metaphor for the rest of your life well interestingly enough on that film Casey doubled Tom for 13 years. Yeah. So, but on that movie, Tom had two doubles. He had a motorcycle double. Right. And then Casey did everything else. Okay. Um, so Jimmy Roberts did all Jimmy of the Roberts, right. motorbike stuff. So I was with Jimmy most of the time because most of her stunts were on the bike. Okay. So, yeah. It's quite an elaborate motorcycle sequence. Um, yeah. uh, Jimmy, of course, is uh, um, a motorcycling legend. I mean, he's done all sorts yeah. of bits and pieces. If you've ever seen a motorbike flying through the air uh, over the years, it's either Buddy Joe Hooker or him. You know, yeah. that's often the, the situation. Um, the transferring, I'm interested to, to make the comparison between the Bond movie, Tomorrow Never Dies, because I know that there was a similar movements transferring from the position that you're in, either on the front mm -hmm. of the bike, transferring around him, then to get to the mm -hmm. back of the bike or vice versa. Um, how did you work that out? Did you have to work that out in, um, uh, was it simpler to work it out as the bike was moving or did you work out some initial movements whilst the bike was stationary? Said so this is what we'd like as far as the camera positions are concerned and you have to adapt it accordingly with Jimmy? Um, that was probably one of the hardest stunts I ever did because we had to, we couldn't, you know, we did the stunt without helmets on. Right. Now they'll now they'll do stuff where they'll put helmets underneath people's wigs, which we didn't have then. Um, but it was really difficult because we couldn't practice it with helmets on because we had to be so close to each other on the bike. Oh, I see. Um, okay. So the helmets would have totally Too thrown us off yeah, yeah. In, as to what we had to do. So we practiced it we figured out how we were going to do it with the bike standing still. And then it was kind of just like, we just had to do it. You know, we, we kind of figured out, okay, I think this is what, what's going to work, but now we have to just ride the bike and we just have to do it. So it was sort of terrifying in that sense, because, you know, if something would have went wrong with that stunt, we would both be dead for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, not a great side, is it? I mean, admittedly, but the thing is, this is where, and we have this conversation a lot on, on social media and people saying, well, you know, that's the thing about daredevils, but that's where this is different because there's, yeah. a, there's people say, oh, there's a fine line between being a daredevil and a stuntman. There isn't. There's a huge chasm between being a, a daredevil and a stuntman. Obviously, as you've just said yourself, working everything out to the last detail and finding mm -hmm. a flaw, if you will, mm -hmm. to say, right, we can now overcome this. It was it was tricky before, but now we know exactly where we are. There's always that risk. 
yet yeah. you know you have to work out work everything out and, and make it make it accommodate it um with with um uh the idea that obviously things have changed so much technically uh, and we talked uh, touched earlier on on a little bits of cgi and bits and pieces nowadays of course the movies are, are way way different to to how they were back back originally i don't mm-hmm. want to use the phrase back in the day because that that phrase keeps changing or that timeline keeps changing. There are people who were talking about five years ago using the phrase back in the day now. It's very, yeah. very complicated. But in those periods of the 90s, certainly, and now, there is that huge chasm of difference between one and the other. You've been involved very recently, of course, on possibly the biggest movie on the planet that's ever been on the movie ever, which, of course, is the new Top Gun picture. Um, and the, the, the excitement surrounding that and the way in which the actors are, you know, instead of doing the green screen back at the studio, they're in the plane, you know, mm-hmm. and all of that to be taken into consideration. Do you think that the, the the change in the way in which movies are made now, particularly action, is for the better? Is it is it better for the audience? And more importantly, is it better for the performers? Um, I think the reason why Top Gun did so well and, you know, Tom is a complete perfectionist at his job and he's known for doing things that nobody else has ever done. Um, you know, like when we did MI4 and he was the first person ever to jump off the uh, Bridge Khalif, which is the tallest building in the world, which Casey did as well. Um, but I think the reason why Top Gun is being so, you know, was kind of like eaten up by the world is because in my personal opinion, and I've done a ton of Marvel stuff, but you know, everyone's really kind of run run off with the CGI stuff. And, you know, there's, you know, it's fun, but it's also very cartoonish. And, yeah. you know, there's no, re- there's a lot of like unrealistic things, yeah. I feel like personally. And I think it takes away from um, our business a little bit. Yes. Um, so I think what was so great about Top Gun is they, you know, the Navy was hugely involved in all of it. And it was a great story. And just the way that, you know, he, we shot it way before COVID. So it was supposed to be released the summer of 2020. And he mm-hmm. held on to it, because it, it really is something you have to see in the theaters. Oh, sure. And um, he was really smart about that. And, um, and I just think it's, you know, it's a re- it was done real, like, for real, you know, it wasn't something that they came and superimposed over everything. So I think that's part of why the audience has taken to it like they have. And, and also on, on, on that subject, do, do you think that um, stunts are still stunts for the purpose of there's so much health and safety these days and there are so, there's so much CGI and there's so much other bits and elements to creating a sequence or creating a gag. The the you still I mean obviously from a performance point of view you still get you know the heart doing ten to the dozen you still get you know the butterflies and you know then that everything's right just before they say action but is that because of all those extra elements does it take anything away from the the, the difficulty in in the job that you're you're trying to perform? Well, I think and that's another film too when we did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Quentin. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we won best fight for that final yes. fight. Um, I think 
you know, the other fights that we were up against were also amazing fight sequences, but because they're using the CGI, like I said, our fight was a hundred percent for real. You know, everything was shot for real. Everything was completely, nothing was, you know, superimposed, nothing was CGI. And I Mm -hmm. think that people are missing that aspect of film now. Yeah. And so when they do see it, and they really appreciate it. And I don't even think they realize why they appreciate it so much, but because they're seeing all these like Spider-Mans and, you know, all these kind of, you know, universe sort of, you know, different kind of films. It, it does make a difference, doesn't it? Reality is the, is the key. If, 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 um, if you have that moment where in the middle of a fight, you're flinching or you're doing something because you can see that it's, that's as, that, he actually landed that punch. You know, that those times there's no pulling punches in this particular sequence, or it's done for real. It does yeah. make a big, big difference. Absolutely. Um, well, I think we should uh, m- maybe look at, uh, at something else now because I, I know that um, you've uh, uh, very recently got some got some very exciting news, and, and, and I think that uh, you're you're happy to share that. Was I'm thrilled to find out what it is <laughs> because I don't know genuinely. I do not know, um, and so this is uh, this is extremely exciting for me. So I will give the floor to you, and you you tell us what what's the hype about this particular job that you're referring to. Um, well, I've been hanging on to this news for three months and, um, uh, you know, Cameron Diaz and I have become very close friends, um, and she's an amazing human, but she kind of called me three months ago and said, look, I, you know, I'm cause she retired, she retired, she was done. Um, and we would all joke like her, her team, you know, we're all close friends it would be so great if you could just, you know, if we could all just do one more movie together, that'd be so fun. And we, you know, and she would always just say, I'm done, you know, I'm done. She, you know, she was doing it for 20 years and just kind of started a family and just was in a different place. And then she called me and said, I took a movie. (laughs) And I said, (laughs) I I said, you took a what? And she said, I took a movie. And I'm like, Oh my God. And she's like, it's all action. And so it was kind of really just awesome. But then I had to hold on to the news because she wasn't allowed to, they wanted to really announce it in a cool way because she hasn't done a film in eight years. Okay. So um, they did this, she's doing it with Jamie Foxx. It's her and Jamie Foxx and it's a action comedy. And um, we'll start shooting at the kind of, October, November of this year. And um, yeah, it's going to be really fun and she's excited. And so they released it in a really, I don't know if you saw the reel, how they released it, but it was um, her and Jamie Foxx on a phone call. And, um, and she's talking about how she's nervous about, she doesn't know how to kind of come out of retirement. And then he says, oh, I'm going to click someone on that can help you. So he clicks in Tom Brady. Okay. And then Tom Brady says, I heard you need some tips on how to come out of retirement and I've successfully done that. So it was really smart the way they released it really funny. And so we're excited. Yeah. Well, that's good. (laughs) That's spectacular. Well done. And, and you're in as, as her double presumably. Yes. Um, Okay, cool. So, and that starts filming later on in the year, you said. Yeah. Magnificent. Do we have a title? We've got a working title at the moment. Do we know what it is now? No, I don't know anything else. (laughs) Don't know anything else. 
Don't ask me anything else. I may have to kill you afterwards. I understand. I don't know. I don't know the title. And normally we, um, with films like that, they never, we usually have a working title and then it shit and then it changes. Yeah. And it's interesting. uh, And that's, that's a very interesting point. Just finally, before we close, there's an interesting point there because um, I know who Cameron Diaz is. You know, there's a half the world will, but there is a percentage of people because she's been away for so long who won't know her. Well, my daughter doesn't. Right. I have an eight, I have an eight year old and she oh, well, calls her, yeah. she calls her aunt Cameron and she has no idea that she's famous. And so we were actually at the grocery store about a year ago and she was on the cover of something. I don't know what it was, but my daughter's like, mom, Auntie Cameron, her face, <laughs> she's like collecting the magazines and putting them in the thing. Like, she's like, we have to buy them all. Yeah. How can they put her face out? It was hilarious oh, that's because funny. that younger generation doesn't really. Oh, exactly. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, so. Wow. Well, that's fantastic news. The, uh, it's the it's a it's a great piece of information to find out on a Friday afternoon that all of a sudden Cameron Diaz is back. That's going to be huge. Yeah. And more importantly, you're going to be back as two. That, that's that's yeah. exceptional. So uh, it's it's great that uh, that you're 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 working with her on that. That's going to be sensational. And it's a great thrill to talk to you. I know we've been we've been trying to organize a little bits and pieces on it, but yes. you're, 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 you've only yourself to blame for being so damn good and so damn busy, frankly. <laughs> Uh, but we've managed to tie it all up together. And uh, Kimberly, I want to thank you very much indeed for, for giving me some of your time today. Of course, thank you. So there you go. Exciting stuff. Uh, that was great fun for me to do as I'm a, I'm a huge fan of hers. And uh, Cameron Diaz as well. Uh, didn't see that one coming, to be fair. So um, that was a little while ago we did that interview. But nevertheless, it's still very exciting to think about it now. So Cameron Diaz is back. She's back with Jamie Foxx. The movie is called Back in Action. Of course, it's called Back in Action. What a great title. And uh, you'll be able to see that on Netflix next year sometime. Um, Kimberly has agreed to come back and uh, tell us all about how exciting it was to make that movie uh, when it's out on general release. Uh, no issues then as far as NDAs are concerned, which is always beneficial. So uh, that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed that. And uh, join us all again next week for more of the same. Until then, bye for now.